I'm very pleased to have Ibilola Amal with me today. Ibilola has been an entrepreneur for 29 years. She sits on the boards of various African companies. She is a member of the Governing Council of the Energy Institute in the UK. And she's very, very passionate about growing female entrepreneurs and about women in STEM. Welcome, Ibilola. Thank you. It's lovely to have you with me. Could you please start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay, um, the name is uh, Dr. Ibilola Amao. I'm the principal consultant at Lonadec Global Services, an engineering technology and innovation solutions company, which I established in 1991. We will be 30 years next year. We identify, develop, and engage STEM and tech talent. We partner and collaborate with OEMs and proprietors of technologies to deliver state-of-the-art technology in the energy, power, infrastructure, oil and gas industries. I'm very passionate about girls in STEM and women in entrepreneurship. I'd like to see more females in male-dominated environments and corporates as well as sectors and in the supply chain of multinationals and global service providers. So I do what I do because I love maths, physics, and I love to solve problems. And like we rightly said, we birth a lot of exciting solutions that brings a lot of wealth and joy to people. What I love about your history, Ibilola, is that you're an entrepreneur and that you're creating your own companies. I think that's so amazing. You're probably one of the only interviewees that I've had that's been running your own company for 29 years and in such an amazing field as well. Well, um, I started off trying to solve a problem. Um, When I returned to Nigeria from the United Kingdom in 1991, um, I had a PhD in computer design. I have specialized in 3D modeling of oil and gas facilities. And I got back to Nigeria where engineering was being done on drawing boards in the very traditional way. And I realized there was a huge gap between the competency I had gained in the engineering field in the United Kingdom and what was available in Nigeria. So I decided to bridge the gap. And in the process of trying to solve that problem, I found out that I was building a a company that was focused on talent identification, development and engagement. And as technologies were evolving and gaps needed to be filled, I found out that there was a huge demand for skilled human resources in resource-rich emerging economies. And through that, I've started providing, uh, in collaboration with Lonadec, the services, and we've developed initiatives that actually support the business to develop and spread the news out about the um, opportunities in such male-dominated sectors. Fantastic. So would you mind to tell me and give me your explanation of what you think a great leader is? Well, I think a great leader is somebody who has a lot of empathy, a team player who wants to do things with a lot of people and is able to connect with people and their needs and in preferring a solution for the people who have these needs you end up building an ecosystem where through trust of your decision making um, process as well as your vision towards 
solving the problems and preferring opportunities, initiatives, and projects that meet the needs of your followership. The, the, the engagement is sustained with the leader being the person who is carrying and doing the heavy lifting and carrying the vision on behalf of the group. I love that. There's so many rich things in there. The fellowship, the followership, the uh, working together as a team, carrying the vision. That's such a rich definition. Thank you. Would you uh, give some advice to a leader when a leader is starting out? What do you think is the best place for them to start as a leader? So where should they invest their time first, either when they're an existing leader or if they want to go on this journey of greater leadership? I think a leader must first have a core competence. So understanding the way you are wired, how you function, and how you can give the best of your potential, your talent, talent and your passion. In, in, in the context of a core competence and preferring a solution and proposing a vision that people can buy into and being able to run with that vision in a focused mission is what really makes a leader worth following. Mm -hmm. And I liked uh, the part about being aware because you were mentoring, mentioning understanding yourself. So that's uh, self-awareness. And could you say a bit more about that awareness? Um, I, I must say that I, 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 I'm very self-aware because I'm a very spiritual person. I spend a lot of time with God and I want to understand my place in the universe I also want to understand my place in time and I would like to leave anywhere I find myself better than I met it, just like my journey on earth. So I'm racing against time to leave my footprints in the sands of time. So, so I have my antenna, antenna up all the time, trying to pick up where there are issues, problems and challenges and trying to prefer solutions because I'm naturally wired to prefer solutions as a maths and physics student and a lover of math and physics. Mm -hmm, definitely. And you spoke a lot about uh, people when I asked you the definition of great leadership. But how important do you think engaging the team, those interrelationships, etc., are, especially when you're an entrepreneur, both internally with your, your teams and, and externally in building relationships? Without the internal team, you can't achieve much. I think it's a very humbling feeling and something that I think every entrepreneur needs to go through. You need to know that you are nothing without your team because as your vision grows bigger and brighter, there's a lot of heavy lifting you have to do. And the ability to delegate to competent, committed uh, staff or team members or subordinates, peers, is critical to you being successful. So I think you need to start from the place of absolute humility and understanding that you must be a team player. It's not all about you. It's about the goals and objectives set and agreed to by the team vis-a-vis -vis your vision and your mission. And then you now need to look at the external side of things, which is who are you delivering a product or a service to? Who are your stakeholders? And how can you sustain the team because they're providing and creating value for the external stakeholders. 
And that's really where having a needs analysis and being emotionally intelligent and sensitive to your community and uh, your, your, your environment becomes very important. Because if you're not meeting the needs of the stakeholders, then you really don't have uh, the, the, the business or the enterprise is not as worth, worthy or as uh, worth much. Uh, so you ha really have to keep balancing the needs from the external with the needs from the internal and making sure that you form that bridge that ensures that the connectivity between the stake internal stakeholders and the external stakeholders con is consistently balanced and each other, each of them are deriving value from each other. I love that you put in the word emotional intelligence because you, you're you quite analytical and you love maths and science and all these sciences and you're using a word emotional intelligence. And sometimes with the finance professionals that I work with, that's exactly what is like their Achilles heel for them. So would you have any advice on how to increase your emotional intelligence from your perspective? Okay, I started off being a technocrat through and through. And for me, it was all numbers and all meeting a target and being focused. But as I grew in entrepreneurship and my vision became bigger and larger, I realized it's not all about me. It's not all about what I know. It's about the teamwork. And that's where emotional intelligence comes in. And then sensitivity to the needs and the ability to get the right people functioning properly in a way whereby we're not just creating value for the external, we're creating value for ourselves. It requires a lot of emotional intelligence. You really, really need to understand the key drivers for people in your team, and people in your environment. And you really need to understand their needs. So the, you have to have the mentality of needs analysis, and you have to have the sensitivity, the compassion, and the feelings of trying to help solve problems that people have, meet people's needs, make people more happy, joyful, more creative, innovative. And that's really what makes you more sensitive. And it's this sensitivity and the ability to check yourself and make sure you're being sensitive to other people's needs and their temperature, their, 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 their feelings, their emotions is what really brings about the emotional intelligence. You can't really have a big vision and achieve much if you're not emotionally intelligent, I, I think it would be almost impossible. And I, I love that, that you say, you know, you went on that journey, you started somewhere different and you went on that journey to embrace that. And also that it's all about individuals and their individual needs. Because I sometimes feel what we um, try to do in corporate life, because time is such a constraint, is to try a one-size-fits-all approach. Yes, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. I, I'm very fortunate as well to be multicultural. I'm Nigerian by birth. I run a business in Nigeria. I'm a British citizen. I run a business in England. So, I mean, getting on the flight from Nigeria to London or from London to Nigeria, I need to be very sensitive about the cultural change, the cultural difference. So emotional intelligence has really helped. I, there's certain things that you can get away with in Nigeria and you can't get away with in England. There's certain things you can get away with in England, you can't get away in Nigeria. Because take, for example, respect and the authority of men is quite different in Nigeria from the respect and the authority of men in England. So I wear different lenses in that regard. Culture is different. 
I mean, what what do you expect of a woman in Nigeria is different from what you expect from a woman in London, in England. So I, I have different lenses for that. So and then in the US and in the Far East, so you have to have different lenses as an emotionally intelligent entrepreneur. And if you want to lead in different communities, you need to wear different lenses. And it sounds like you have to be quite adaptable. Oh, very flexible and adaptable. <laughs> So what would you say holds people back, Ibilola, from reaching their full potential as leaders? I'd say self-doubt is probably number one reason why you wouldn't achieve your full potential. And I'll say the second thing is not having the right support system. I've been very blessed with having very supportive sisters. I have four wonderful sisters. My parents were very supportive. And that's really strengthened me on the inner side. So I've been more bold and daring because I know I have something to fall back on. Family means so much to me. And above all, God. I trust God and I really engage uh, with God. And I have so much faith in um, God having blessed me with talent and uh, an ability to think through processes and work processes through him. So I think having those cardinal points, I think for everybody, you need to have the cardinal points within that give you the boldness, the courage, and the strength to continuously push the envelopes of the constraints of where you find yourself and to adventure and convert stumbling blocks into stepping stones and be very positive about all your encounters. So I'm very positive and very open-minded about uh, situations, and I tend to try to find uh, opportunities where others see issues, challenges, and problems. I try to find opportunities and solutions. I love that strength that you're talking about. You're talking about a support network, an inner strength that you have, where you get your inspiration from, and then having the glass more half full for you. So seeing challenges as opportunities and then um, moving forward to take advantage and to birth some more wealth, which is in line with your name. I'm always trying to convert lemons into lemonade. (laughs) Fantastic. Would you like to tell us uh, either a great story of leadership, someone who's inspired you, or either an epic fail that someone else can learn from that? Well, I have so many stories. I need to pick one. So um, uh, leadership, I must say that um, I would say one, I watched a video or a movie on um, how the Israelis went into Entebbe and were able to bring out some hostages. And I think that's one of the most daunting um, challenges I've seen a team of people execute to near perfection. And I learned so much from that experience. Experience, I realized you need a team, there has to be a strategy, you have to have a lot of unknowns known, and then you have to understand the chance, the, 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 there's, the, there's the time and chance dimension, and then the execution has to be in such a way whereby all the team members know specifically their roles, and then you need to cross your fingers and pray to God for his blessings and then embark on whatever task seems incredibly daunting. So anytime I come across some incredibly daunting 
tasks. I just think about that movie and I just say, yes, let's go to the drawing board. Let's scribble on a blank sheet of paper. What, what are the resources we need? What's the strategy behind being able to achieve this goal? Who are the people I should be talking to and engaging? What are their strengths and their core competences? How do we meet them together? And what's a good time to start? What's a good time to end? And let's get on with it. So I, I think it was The Raid on Entebbe or something like that. It was such a wonderful movie that I think entrepreneurs should watch it. It just lets you know that the person who came up with the strategy may not necessarily have been on the trip, but he passed on the strategy in the minds of the team. And the team ran with the strategy and what was conceived in the mind of somebody and had been tested by many other people and fine-tuned. And that's what made a successful outcome. Do you have the name of the video? I think it's uh, Raid on Entebbe. I, I'll try and find it and send it to you, but I think it's Raid on it. But it was such a wonderful movie. And the similar things have been done by the Marines, the U.S. Marines. The teamwork on the military side, strategy, uh, the, just humbles you and lets you know that you really can't achieve much on your own. You really need to pick the right team and have the right people around you to be able to go far. I um, interviewed the um, Air Force Marshal or General in the Air Force that ran the Queen's household a couple of weeks ago. And of course, he grew up in his career in the Air Force. He's a board director on numerous boards now. And he also really brought out that team, you know, leadership and team is what you spend your time on. And it's what really develops and grows you as an individual. And so that's very striking, and I'm glad you bring that up. I think there's a lot of um, good lessons to be learned in corporate life from Marines or Air Force or any forces. Mm. And I must also say um, with sports and games. So I would say I've spent, uh, as a child, I spent a lot of time playing games with my siblings. And you learn a lot about people when you play games that you cannot mm -hmm. learn in regular uh, circumstances. Then team work within, the, within team games also brings out a flair in you that is very critical for leadership. So I would say sports and games is so important. And we tend to underestimate that. You, we, don't, we don't really, uh, some schools take sports and games very seriously, like boarding schools, public schools in England and some schools. But some schools just think sports and games is a waste of time. But I must tell you, when it comes to the softer side of things, and the kind of relationships you need much later in your career when you're in leadership, it all boils down to the, the spots, the funds, and the games you've had in, in the past. Mm -hmm. Ibelola, would you say that there's a common misconception about you? Probably. Um, in different circumstances, yes. Um, uh, I could be easily underrated. I could be, I could be viewed as a minority, or I could be viewed as not suitable for a particular position, but, but I have a very thick skin. I've, uh, I've grown a thick skin over time, being minorities in different types of, in terms of diversity, in terms of, in terms of inclusion, in terms of emigrating from uh, Africa to Europe. So I've, come, I've, I've, I've gone through so many of those uh, issues that I kind of have a thick skin and I've been able to prove myself over time. So I'm not really bothered. I just remain focused. 
I, I, I just turn, turn a blind eye to distractions and I see those things as distractions. But I'm a very warm, caring, loving mother of three young adults, a wife, a homemaker, a wonderful relative. So I have different buckets of my life. That one particular bucket doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. I'm very well wounded. Very good. And is there anything in COVID that particularly surprised you with the crisis? Well, it made me a better person. I, I, I feel so much so sorry for people who love, lost loved ones. I think that was terrible. But for me, it, it, it accelerated the transformation of our business within the digital space. We had a lot of plans in, the, in terms of digital transformation, which we had to accelerate. Um, we've also been able to pivot the business, focus more on outsourcing remotely, virtually, and digitally. And we've been able to invest in exploring and exploiting the opportunity to own a marginal field assets and oil and gas assets. Um, so we, we've been able to connect quite a lot of dots because we were constrained to stay indoors and work from home. And um, we were able to engage more with our clients and customers to find out what their needs are. And that's really my core competence needs needs analysis and needs uh, meeting people's needs. So it's been a wonderful experience for me. And I must say, I've been able to convert quite a lot of lemons into lemonade, nice flavors of lemonade. (laughs) Fantastic. And would you say there's anything that you wish people would ask you, but they never do? I'm not that sensitive to um, being asked questions. I am very free-spirited, so I ask questions as and when they come to my mind. So I never really think other people will have a question they want to ask, but they wouldn't ask me. And I think I'm so simple-minded, and I come across in a very simple-minded form that I, I think people feel very free asking me questions. And I most times would answer as truthfully as possible. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's only the second time that we're speaking and I feel extremely comfortable with you. So (laughs) that's great. So I would like to ask you if you could give a top tip, two or three top tips to anyone wanting to be an entrepreneur and for you being such a successful entrepreneur with running a successful business over so many years, what would those top tips be to someone who wants to be an entrepreneur? From my perspective, I think a needs analysis is very important. You can't be a successful entrepreneur, whether you're a business entrepreneur or a social entrepreneur, without meeting needs. So you really need to be sensitive about the needs and understand the dynamics and be able to prefer solutions and meet people's needs. So I think that's rule number one. If you don't have a a client and customer base you're meeting needs for, then you really don't have a business or a purpose. Uh, I'll say that's one. The second is you need to know your core competence and how that core competence um, connects with the needs that you have identified. And then you need to understand the delivery. How are you going to deliver the solution? Um, You could actually deliver the solution with and, and have a lean model where you grow exponentially, or you can actually craft a business plan and take a loan to start off with a business, a well structured business with the right resources in it. Um, One thing I I learned over time is that having an advisory board and having a board is not ticking a box because it's 
a corporate governance issue. It's a real need that will do you a lot of good and help you solve your, quest, your, your problems quicker and better. So having an advisory board and a, a board for your company is so, so important. And then the most important thing an entrepreneur needs to have at the back of their mind is that with the best systems and processes, you need the best people. And talent is king. So a lot of people say cash is king. Well, I think if you have the right talent, you'll attract the funding. So for me, talent is king. And I would always say that because I believe so much in people. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I can see how that can become quite a nice LinkedIn post. Is cash king or is talent king? I think I like my, my finance professionals will like that debate. <laughs> I, of course, go for the people debate because I think if you don't have the people, you can't generate the cash. So, yeah. And if you have the cash and you have the wrong people, it's It's going down the drain. Exactly, exactly. It won't last for long. I think it's all the question about a sustainable business. And, of course, for you having a business for so long, you know that it's all about sustainability and then talent is definitely the answer. So, Ibalola, this has been an amazing um, opportunity for me to interview you. Do you have any any questions for me before we conclude? Any final thoughts? I think it's been a warm experience engaging with you. Interestingly, it's the second time. <laughs> so I'm pleased we had a second chance at it. And um, I hope I'll get this video so I can watch it. Um, and I, I'm hopeful and prayerful that people who watch this would learn something from me. And I, I, I'll be very happy to have a chat with someone who feels they need to ask some more questions. I'm very open to questions. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and taking your time and for sharing all your wisdom with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, then. Bye-bye. Bye.